Hello everybody, thank you so much for joining me today. I have with me Bill Wilson, the superintendent of the Brush School District, here to answer some of our questions and tell us how everything's going so far in the Brush School District since we had to transition to online learning. So, first of all, thank you for agreeing to be on this meeting. <laughs> I know it's probably kind of weird, but I appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. Happy to do it. I think it's, you know, different times call for different measures. And I think the more we can stay connected and interacted, uh, interactive, I think the better we are. We're a relational people. We were built that way. So. Very true. I think we're all just so used to being able to just go to the school and call our teacher. And if we're having a hard time with something, we're used to just, oh, we'll play date and we can you know, talk as parents about, hey, this is going on. Is this going on with your kid? And are you having trouble with this subject? And help each other. And we can't really do that, you know, right now. So it's it's definitely an adjustment. But I think I think that things are going to come from this. I think we're going to learn a lot of things that are probably going to help a lot. Well, I hope so. You know, this is our the situation that's been dealt us. I don't think any of us ask for it, but you know, it's, it's just like a lot of things in life. You, you play the hand you're dealt and you make the best of it. And I do think that there will be some real positives that we can take from this on down the road. Let's, let's get out of the, the danger time. Let's hope that we can work through this and follow the guidelines in a way that, that doesn't unnecessarily endanger any, anybody that, that we can keep from being, you know, sick or, or, you know, unfortunately there'll be those that, that die and, and that's hard to even say, let alone think about. So, but at the end of, at the end of all this, we'll, we'll be stronger for it, I think. I think so. I know I've, I've definitely seen quite a bit of, of changes and I'm, I'm actually quite impressed with how quick the teachers and the school district was able to pull together, not only the curriculum, but the meal deliveries. I mean, I think in the matter of days, you guys were already healthy. This is how meals are going to be delivered. This is how quick the Chromebooks are going to be delivered. We're going to start online instruction. And I mean, you guys moved incredibly fast, which I think is, you know, definitely admirable. Well, thank you. We, we have great people. And I think that's where it starts. Uh, I would also go back to the fact that you know, from a Chromebook and a one-to-one -one delivery and some of the things that we can do with online instruction had it not been for the MLO back in 16 and the strides that we've been able to make since then in that area, as well as working on improving our alignment to our standards and what Colorado expects, but also what we want. And we've been working through that whole process. And so as we develop our year at a glance for every grade level for every teacher and as we look at our curriculum and move from having curriculum that was the textbook to using textbooks as resources and using other resources to align our instruction and inform our practice i think it also all played together to be to allow us to have that opportunity to move as quickly as we did because our teachers already knew 
what it was that they wanted to teach and how they could teach it and how to use technology because we've been using technology. And so while there's a ton of challenges, there's frustrations, people, I'm sure that, that you've experienced some of them. You know, we think this is a great lesson and we think we've got it rolled out in a, in a nice way at a, you know, pick a level, whether it's kindergarten or third grade, fifth grade, middle school, you know, seniors in high school, we think it's great and it wasn't and that's okay. Mm -hmm. We just have to back up and say, all right, this is what I meant. This is what I was hoping you could get from this. Let's try it this way and not get all bent out of shape on the fact that, you know, we fall down once or twice because we're going to and just like in anything else, we get up and, and dust ourselves off and, and learn and do better. So, our people are, are committed to that, and I'm excited. You know, you, you, you put out a request to see who might be interested in helping with anything from, you know, you mentioned the meal deliveries. We're delivering over 1,100 meals, and really that's 2,200 meals because it's 1,100 each day, but that includes lunch for that day and breakfast for the next morning. Wow. And yeah, we were able to hit the ground running that first Monday after spring break. and again, we had some people that didn't get the meals that they had requested or, you know, we're still dialing in to make sure that we've made enough meals each day and that we're not wasting food because we've made too many meals and that sort of a thing. But I think we've dialed in at about 11,000 or 1,110 meals each day and you got nine routes and a group of uh, people that help load and, you know, obviously the people that prepare our, our work staff uh, from a kitchen standpoint from Chartwells has been phenomenal. And yeah, people just working together, knowing that it's in the best interest of kids and doing the best we can. Mary Jo, and I think you have a really good point with the, the Chromebook, because I know I saw an article in the paper not long ago, like a, I think it was Douglas School District or something like that. They didn't have the one-to-one -one Chromebooks that we, you know, thankfully had. So they ended up having to, on the spot, purchase an additional 9,000 Chromebooks just so that they could do online instruction. And I know a lot of the apps that I've seen them using on like the online schooling and stuff like that, my kids are already familiar with it. So, you know, having integrated a portion of that prior, prior to is definitely helping quite a bit because the kids are already familiar with a lot of the software. They're familiar with Google Classroom. A lot of them, they, they know what their apps are. They know what to do. So I think it helps not only the teachers and the students, but the parents because I didn't know what a lot of those programs were. And I asked my kids like, oh yeah, we do that all the time. I'm like, oh, so you know what to do? Yeah. Okay. So I don't have to teach you what to do on that one. He goes, no, I got it. Okay. So that that's, that really alleviates a lot of the stress, I think, for, for us, that we've been able to integrate a lot of that technology. You know, yeah, of course there's gonna be kinks, you know, but it's, it's, it's a new routine. So I think, you know, it, we'll, we'll get there. Sure, well, and I think when there are those times when the student doesn't know exactly what to do and the parent isn't sure how to help them, we've tried, tried to make sure that we're available with, uh, you know, extra hours with the helplines from 5 to 8 p.m., as well as teachers having the office hours, if you will, but also having the meetings with students at, at different times, the, you know, using the same formats that, that we're talking about. We, 
we haven't been using Zoom because of some of the concerns about uh, security of, of student data and so forth, but we're, we have the Google suite, uh, at least in terms of Google Meets and Google Hangouts and so forth. And so it is nice to be able to have that, that interaction. And then if there are families or students that are struggling, you know, reach out one way or another. If, if can't find any other way to do it, there's still the button on, on the regular website that says contact the superintendent and send me your frustration, your concern, and I'll make sure it gets directed to the right people or person so that we can address that concern or that problem and, and make sure that we're, we're doing the best we can to provide that daily interaction and that those learning opportunities so that as we move through this time period, we can help everybody to attain the credits they want, get the grades that they're seeking, make sure that they're ready for the next level when we head into the fall. Uh, it doesn't appear that it's very likely that we'll be back in classrooms before the fall, but we're planning both ways, uh, trying to make sure that if, if we can come back in May, that we're ready and we'll finish the year strong and happy to be back together. And if not, then uh, we're looking at what we can do in the summers in terms of uh, summer opportunity, as well as making sure we're, we're certainly ready to, to hit, it, hit it strong and hit it well come August. Yeah, well, and I think that's kind of, you know, I mean, if I was a teacher, I think that would be kind of the, the scary part for me is, you know, you're giving all these materials, but are they going to be ready for next year? You know, is, is this enough? Because next year is going to be go back to hopefully, you know, uh, in, in class instruction. You know, so it's going to be, you're going to be on the next highest grade level, and am I going to be, be ready? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, I think, for sure. Um, so what are the biggest obstacles that you guys have, have encountered so far? Well, I th the, the hardest part for, for our teachers and our staff is that they're in this business because they love kids, and they're not able to have that one, you know, that regular daily interaction with our students. And that's, that's a game changer. That is wild and beyond any of our imaginations and certainly beyond any of our previous experiences. Uh, we've had teachers that have, you know, taken online courses and maybe a few that have even instructed from a distance learning standpoint. But when you're used to seeing your class or your classes every day or five days a week and all of a sudden they're not there they can't come and you can't go that's hard and so i think you know overall you know bus drivers custodians office staff you know just name it paris everybody you know the interaction with the students is what really energizes our people to to do the hard work that they do each and every day. And so that's been the biggest one. Uh, obviously, learning the learning curve on online instruction on how to deliver that has also been a challenge. And I think we're in a better spot than a lot of districts because we have been moving that direction and have been working, you know, as you mentioned, we've been using the Chromebooks on a, on a regular basis. Our students know what that is and, and how, to, how to use them. Our teachers, for the most part, do too. But again, instruction's different 
when it's online. And that one-to-one -one and even just answering that, that question that helps keep that student motivated. If a student has a question that really has them stumped and we can't answer their question for 20 or 30 minutes or, or sometimes till the next morning, that's hard. And so that's, that's hard for teachers because now we truly are moving to a more independent and individualized instructional model because not everybody can hear the same thing at the same time and somebody might have a question but the whole class doesn't get the benefit of, of hearing that question and, and that answer. So those, those things come in and, you know, just trying to make sure that we're asking and delivering meaningful assignments so that it's not busy work, so that students aren't frustrated, parents aren't frustrated. And yet, you know, there are some times I think if we're honest with ourselves that within our daily routines there are some things that maybe aren't as critical as others and so weeding those out and making sure students get the critical opportunities to learn to demonstrate that knowledge and that proficiency and that mastery uh, it, that's that's a that's a huge one because at the end of the day that's what matters you know like you mentioned just a little bit ago are they ready for the next level and that's part of what what we want them to be able to do and to make sure that when we hit in the fall uh, if that's the soonest we can come back that we're not having to go all the way back to March and say whoa how are we going to get the last part of third grade and all of fourth grade done in the fourth grade year uh, so I think those are the things that are that are really hard uh, and just that that break in routine that I think all of us are struggling with to make sure that we're still taking care of ourselves. You know, one of the hard parts about the virtual piece is that because you're so interested in and invested in helping students, uh, I know a lot of our teachers have a hard time shutting it down at the time that they should. They'll answer a kid's question nine o'clock at night, mm -hmm. seven o'clock morning and it's like well hold it you have to set some parameters for yourself so that you take care of yourself as well and and aren't sitting in front of a screen for eight hours a day that's that's not good for anybody and and certainly not for our kids I think you are absolutely right with I think you guys went the right route with setting specific hours because you can it it would be easy for them to get overwhelmed you know if they just keep answering questions all hours of the day. And I know I do the same thing myself because, you know, a real estate agent, if, if you answer, if somebody sends you a message at 12 o'clock at night and you respond, they're going to do it every day. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, definitely a, a good thing to set those, those ground rules and those parameters, you know, to, to give the teachers a break that they, you know, their, their schedules are, are wonky. And I know during the day, they're probably, you know, sitting at their computer, just checking to see if anybody needs, needs any help. And, you know, it's, we don't want them to get overworked or overwhelmed and end up not liking, you know, teaching because of that and, and not want to do it. So I think it's, it's a great thing that you're doing to protect them in, in that aspect. Well, and, and with any new advancement or, or any, situation to which you haven't had previous experience that that learning curve for our teachers is also pretty steep in many cases and so 
creating the learning opportunities, the assignments and so forth takes longer, uh, just like it would, you know, it, it's no different than trying to figure out how to run the copier. If you've never run the copier before, it's gonna take you a little bit to figure out what it is you can do. And there's some basic things you can do. Typically you can figure out, doesn't matter what the, what the copy machine is, you can figure out how to make a copy. But if you're wanting to collate it, if you're wanting to print and color, if you're wanting to go front side to back side, I use that as an example because with technology, it's it's not that hard to send out. You know, our teachers can easily send out an email and add an attachment to it, and and so forth. But if you add the video component to it, and as you try and and create these engaging opportunities for students, and still think through the process of how am I going to score this? How am I going to check for knowledge? How am I going to check for understanding? How am I going to grade it? All those sorts of things. Then all of a sudden it, it becomes a, a much bigger task and not that it's not doable. It just takes a lot more time. So yeah, during the days, if teachers aren't on Google classroom with students or groups of students, they're most likely, either talking with colleagues from across the country or from within their building uh, and making sure that, you know, the things that are working and, and some of the more successful best practices that are out there are things that they're using so that they're, they're feeling comfortable and confident. And we're engaging our students because if it's mundane and boring and, and a bunch of worksheets, then that becomes, you know, a little of that's fine, but a lot of that gets pretty old in a hurry. I'm, I'm sure you know. So that, that's, that's another piece of it in terms of the overall day in the life of a teacher because they're, they're trying to, to get better each and every day and find ways to compete, if you will, from a video standpoint with video games and television and Netflix, <clears throat> excuse me. And so they're, they're on a steep curve and, and I applaud them for what they're doing because I'm, I'm hearing some great responses from families at times and, and thanking them and us for their work and, and I know we're doing good things. I mean, I can definitely see how several subjects, even you know, little ones up to high school where there's subjects that maybe you wouldn't normally use Google Classroom for. You know, like your your music class, your art class, you know, your science class is something that you would usually be doing, you know, experiments or an art project or something of that sort. So then you're having to try to come up with, okay, how can I teach them this without having a person? I thought I saw the music teacher actually handed, oh no, the gym teacher. She, for the dance lesson, sent us a bunch of videos and said, hey, try to learn these videos and tell me what you think about them. And I know my kids really enjoyed that. That was that was really cool. They're like, oh, you mean we get to do something that's not on the computer? I'm like, yeah, we get to, to try to do some dances and they they love that. But I can I can definitely see, you know, the hard part of that, of coming up with that for the teachers of okay, how do I get them to do this? How do I teach them to do this? How do I grade it? But at the same time keeping them engaged with I, I know kids in themselves just in a regular classroom it's hard to keep them engaged sometimes much less when you can't you know be the teacher and say hey you know get back on task which is is hard well oh, and you alluded to it earlier um they may have their kids at home that they're trying to 
make sure they're they're keeping on task and assisting and and so forth as well as you know what other stresses that are out there and to me i think that's the key part for all of us to remember is that the you know as as frustrations enter in and challenges arise that the more we pull together the more effective we're going to be and the more the stronger we're going to be on the other side so you know for those students or for those families that are experiencing higher levels of fr uh, frustration or stress anxiety uh, reach out i know it's not necessarily the easiest thing and maybe you reached out the first time and, and it wasn't as successful as you'd like but the more we can pull together the more we're going to be able to help our our students and, and help each other to to come out better on the other side from this and yeah i think it's such a wild I, you know, this is surreal in so many ways, and yet we've been in it long enough to know that you know, we, we have another month of this, at least. Yeah, it kind of feels like we're in a movie some days. I'm like, wait, is this, do we really have to do this? It's, it's kind of crazy and just, uh, it's an adjustment for sure. And uh, yeah, I saw they said through the end of April now, right? We can't do, we're on virtual, so to speak. Well, that's that's what they've said. Is uh, we're supposed to be the social distancing and and stay at home orders through the end of April. And you know, once once those are lifted, whether that's at the first of May or whether that's further on down the line, it's I I don't anticipate that all of a sudden we're going to go back to okay, everything's good, school starts we're most likely looking at no groups of more than 10 some of those again social distancing practices that that would be expected so i think we'll ease back out of this sort of like they attempted to ease us into it mm -hmm. as we as we work through this so i guess that's why i i hope at, i don't know maybe it's just the way my mind works but i've for my own mental well-being uh, i'm looking at it for more of a long haul to try and figure out the the long-term plan for me and my family as well as what it's going to look like for our school district that that's a good point it's better to be pleasantly surprised by by being it being early than to be you know disappointed when you think oh two more weeks and then they tell you five more weeks and six more weeks i, I think that's definitely a good a good way to think of it. So I'm going to ask you a hot button question that I've kind of, I've seen a lot. Um, what are you guys seeing or what are some ideas that you guys are thinking of as far as graduation? Well, uh, graduation right now is still May 17th and we are hoping that we can still host graduation for our seniors on that Sunday afternoon. We're also working and planning on a variety of options and exactly what those will be. I mean, if they need to be virtual, then obviously there's, there's limitations as to what that can be. But we've begun the process of working on that. And what I anticipate is I anticipate that we will have something that would be meaningful and positive for our students 
And if we're still able to do the May 17 in-person graduation in, in some form, then we'll do that. And if, uh, and the students would also still receive or be able to have their, their virtual graduation as well. And if we're not, then we at least have the virtual graduation. We're still, we actually have a, uh, another meeting. We've, we've had some, some stranded conversations uh, amongst, uh, you know, the high school administration, amongst some students, uh, some parents, and uh, our tech, technology team. And we have some, some pretty cool opportunities technologically, thanks. Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier how quickly we got the Chromebooks out. That's because our technology department is, you know, it's small but mighty. There's only three of them, but holy cow, can they get things done and, and know how to do things effectively. So uh, we'll do that with graduation as well. And there's that element of saying, what I think might be cool and meaningful and, and what I've seen or been able to talk with others about from around the country might not be as meaningful to our students. So what we're hoping to do is to have some options that our students can choose from to say which one of these or which components of this would you like to make sure is, is a part of what you're doing uh, in terms of what you get for graduation, but also to talk with family members too because I've, I've said for a long time, uh, graduation is for seniors, but it's, it's almost as equally for parents and grandparents and those people that have invested in those particular students for the previous 18 years, because, you know, there, it takes a lot of people to help a student to get to graduation. And while we want that celebration to be meaningful for them, we want it to be meaningful for the whole family, because it truly is. Uh, one of those milestones for families, not just for uh, graduates. And so trying to get as much impact, uh, input as we can and make sure that it's as meaningful as, as it possibly can be, all the while still not giving up on the idea that hopefully we can do something that resembles the traditions that we've had in the past um, in person if, if we can weather this storm in a way that, that makes it safe to do that for everybody. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys are working on, on several, several different things. I know that's, that's a big one that I've heard a lot of people wondering about. Like, no, please don't take it from them. Like, I don't think they would take it from them. I think it's just have, has to be structured, you know, differently. Maybe not, you know, a gym full or a stadium full of people, but you know, they're still going to get, get their diploma. They're still, something's still going to happen, you know, it's just, I think, you know, it's just going to be all about patience and just kind of, you know, parents and students and just all of us being patient and just kind of riding this wave out together and just remembering everybody's just genuinely doing the best that they can, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it really is because we have to, Part part of what is is hard about change, and I don't I don't care what the change is, you know. If if the only option for me is to go to the ATM to get my money, it's not really going to do me any good to sit down in my front yard and cross my arms and say no. I want to get my money from the bank, from a teller handing me the money. I can I can sit there for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. and 
that's what I get is to sit there. At some point I have to accept that there are things outside of my control. And, and so if we're not able to do a lot of the things, you know, graduation obviously being one of the, the more critical ones and one of the more public ones, we want to do graduation the way we've always done it. If that's not allowed, if that's not possible, then we have to step off of, of that piece of, of ground and say, okay, how can we make the best of this? How can we make this to where, hey, guess what? This is the very first and maybe hopefully only virtual graduation. And I may as well embrace that. And I can be telling stories to my kids and grandkids, you know, 80 years from now, 60 years from now, whatever it is, and saying, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the greatest, but nobody else has ever had one like that. And, and you know, this is, this is what I still have. Who has a, a digital copy of their graduation to the extent that, that I do, you know, in, in that sort of a sense? And, you know, it's, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, you, you want to be able to, to hug your classmates and you want to be able to, you know, have your family sitting in the stands and sharing that moment with you. But if we can't do it, then, you know, what's the next best thing? How, could, how can we make this positive and, and not make it a, a bitter, bitter piece? There's, there's going to be a little bitter in it, but let's make it bittersweet. Definitely. Well, I'm excited to see what, what you guys come up with. And I'm hoping, crossing my fingers for, for everybody, that we are able to at least have, have in-person graduation. If not, I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. Because you, know, you guys have come up with some, some good things so far. So, you know, I, I have every confidence that you guys will make something work and make something that, like you said, is meaningful for, for students, for staff on, on at least some level. Well, that's our goal. You know, that's, and that's, I guess that's the thing that, again, just shines through to me in, in all of this is, it, you know, we can talk about how we're attempting to deliver meals, how we're attempting to deliver education, and how that looks for students at all ages and at all skill levels and ability levels and graduation, athletics, all of those things. And the conversations that I've had with our coaches and our admin and our teachers and our staff of all, all makes and walks, it's all about what we can do for our kids because we do want our students to be stronger through this and, and to not, you know, likelihood is there's, you know, seniors in particular, but all of our students have thus far missed out on all of the spring activities, mm -hmm. you know, sports and drama and music and some of those things that, that they were counting on and looking forward to since they were old enough to think about it and it wasn't able to happen. So how do we, how do we recognize that? How do we help them through it? And how do we make sure that when we are able to get back together, we're, we're ready to go and, and again, stronger on the other side. Very true. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share? I'd just like to reiterate that we are here as a partner. We want to work with, with everybody. We, we want to make sure all students are being served and served well. And these times can, 
can really make it difficult for some. And I know there are some hurting families out there and, and people that have been laid off and the stress of trying to help your kid and, and trying to get answers to questions that you'd like right away and not, not really want to have to wait. Just stick with us. We really do want to help. And, and I think we can, if we pull together, we can, we can help each other and we're going to continue to try and get better. I think we will get better. I'm not at all unhappy with where we are. I think we have done some things as well as could be expected. And yet you know, our goal is to be excellent at all times. And we're gonna fall short of that, but we're gonna, you know, as I mentioned before, we're gonna get up, dust ourselves off and, and learn and, and get better from our standpoint, just like we expect from our students. So appreciate your patience and, and you know, as, as a community and thank you for the investment that, that, that was made back in 2016. We, we couldn't be in this pay, place on many levels had we not had the MLO and, you know, even moving forward with the uncertainty of the economy and, and what's going to happen in Denver uh, with the legislature and, and what would happen with next year's budget. You know, all those things we don't know, we don't have control over, but we're in a position where we are confident we'll be able to have the doors open next fall, uh, maybe yet this spring. But uh, just work with us, contact us if you have any questions and concerns and, and make sure that, that you've reached out. And if, if we haven't, then click that button on the website and, and let me know your frustrations. Uh, I get those, contact the superintendents and, and I'll, I'll address them, I promise. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you, again, taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, my pleasure. Everybody be safe. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. If you haven't already, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of my future episodes. Also, if you enjoyed the content, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to send me any questions you have real estate related using the hashtag AskAdrianaO. And I'll be sure to find time to answer them on one of my future podcasts. Thanks again, guys, and I hope you have a wonderful day.